Story number one. How diplomatic. Written by Deomek. The alien invasion couldn't wait until the end of the year. I was two months away from the cushy ambassadorship to a resort world. Two months. But no, those bastards had to retort their plan from the galactic domination just before I retired. Which was why I had been woken up at two in the morning by a blaring silence and a military escort. Wonderful. Assistant Secretary, said a stern-faced soldier. Normally young people in my bedroom were a cause for celebration, but I had a feeling that he wouldn't take kindly to the proposition. There's an emergency. Well, isn't that nice? I hadn't guessed at all. I stumbled out of bed and grabbed my fuzzy bathrobe. Now give me a moment to change. There's no time. Come this way. Thus, I was manhandled out of my quarters and shoved into a nice armored vehicle. So, I drawled out, wrinkling my nose at the gray interior of the car. What's the emergency? He didn't respond. At this point, the sleep had almost left me, and the nerves were beginning to kick in. If the cookie-cutter soldiers, ones that were different from the usual bodyguards, were refusing to share even gossip, then it was more serious than I thought. I shifted in place. The Wenham or Inov haven't attacked, have they? The Wenham or Inov or the group of psychopathic alien warlords had quickly burned their way across the node galaxy. The Goyge and the North Central Confederation had already fallen, but there were a few more civilizations between them and us. At least, there had been a few civilizations between us. As expected, the soldiers didn't respond. We soon arrived at the planetary military base, and I was again manhandled through the dusty hallways and to a very tense-looking war room. Assistant Secretary Lucia Weber sneered the brass-covered man in the front of the room. Thank you for joining us. He looked at my fuzzy robe up and down. His frown grew bigger. I appreciate it, General Collins. I snagged a coffee from the terrified baby intern. What's going on? I took my seat to my colleague's Vasilev, the Assistant Secretary of Political Military Affairs. He grunted at me. I grunted back. The Oi Republic has fallen. The ambassador has been taken hostage, and they have already declared war on us. The general looked unexpectedly solemn. The worst-case scenario has been realized. The Wenham Ernohov have likely to attack humanity in less than a week. My head snapped back to the front of the room at that. Well, freck. Everyone had erupted into a cacophony. We should declare war, declared one over-enthusiastic colonel. Are you crazy? Vasilev shouted back. He had enough coffee to make him talkative. They'll eat us alive. The Wenham al Nahab's military capability is more than ten times ours. I flipped through the dossier on the Wenham al Nahab, but I didn't find anything new, probably because I'd written it. I'd spent the last few months frantically gathering information on them, and everything I'd learned I'd let me put to one conclusion. If the Wenham al Nahab were here, in some ways similar to humans, except that they were way more terrifying, exceptionally terrifying. If I was to take my deepest, darkest nightmares and stick them on steroids, it still wouldn't be as scary as the Wenham al Nahav. Fifteen feet tall, incredibly fast, incredibly strong, with claws, venom, and teeth. That wouldn't make a saber-toothed tiger weep. 
They were lethal killing machines. Their home world was the definition of a death world, but that wasn't the worst of it. It was actually pretty par for the universe. What made the Wenham Aeronahov scary was the fact that they were smart. All their intellect had been focused into one thing. War. Us humans might have written the art of war, but their children could come up with tactics that would put Sun Tzu to shame. Even worse, their weaponry was crazy advanced. As I said, they were like us. The Wenham Aeronahov had nukes before they had spaceflight. Actually, they had antimatter weaponry before they had spaceflight. How? They didn't even have spaceflight until the Goyge had us stupid enough to give it to them. Ah, the Goyge. They always did have their heads up their fifteen rears. It's a miracle that they had fallen to a natural selection sooner. The Wenham Aronahov took the stars like a shock to water, and they immediately began eating all the little fish in the ocean, and we were next. For once in our existence, our smartest minds of humanity, military people, diplomats and scientists alike, all agreed on one thing. We were utterly and royally fracked. The argument had died down. Some stared blankly, others fidgeted in place, and a few people were crying. So what do we do now? murmured the same coffee-less intern, squirrel voice quavering. I closed my eyes. We could try negotiating. That ended the stupor. Everyone began all talking all at once. Some in verva, some not. Vasilev, who was of a human agreement, was just about to throw his mug across the room while the colonel looked just about ready to have an aneurysm. The general laughed. His booming voice cut across the noise. We might as well, he mused, boy stick with dark humor. We don't have any other options. Well, Madam Secretary, I'm sure you'd appreciate leading the delegation, unless there's any objections. He looked around the room, and I did too. I tried to catch the eye of my boss, but he was studiously looking the other direction. Coward. I gritted my teeth. Sure. Why not? Damn. I just postponed my retirement, hadn't I? They're gonna kill us. They're gonna eat us all. Ambassador Arroz stated, screaming incoherently as several OE were ripped apart. We have to be sure. I snapped my fingers and the recording stopped. Well, I said mildly, that was what is at stake. Unless you want to be the next poor fools that want to be killed as an example, then we better study the crap out of them. We've negotiated good deals before. There's no reason we can't do it again. Other than the fact that they're a bloodthirsty, violent race and rampage through the known galactic civilization, the colonel scoffed. I doubt that asking them nicely will keep the winner, Ernahov, from killing us. I shrugged. Has anyone tried? Everyone was silent for a moment. Well, said Vasilev slowly, the Goyge gave them a spaceships and tried to make them slaves. Then the Winnem Arnahav slaughtered them all and made them slaves. I frowned. The North Central Confederation declared war on them immediately after, since they were allies of the Goyge. The Oyi ruling council fled, and there was no government capable of negotiating when the Winnem Arnahav showed up, piped in the intern. We stared at each other. Even the war-hungry colonel seemed thoughtful. There's no harm in trying, I said finally. It's not like we can make things worse. I clapped my hands, feeling hopeful for the first time since the morning. We have seven days before they arrive. All right, team? Let's get to work. 
My team and I used the week to study everything about the Benham Nahav, what they needed, what they ate, what they liked, everything. We pieced together their language and customs from their videos, and every single person in the delegation was fluent in Wenham Aranahavis by the time they landed on the mothership. The human treatment, as I like to call it, was standard course of whatever we encountered in new alien species. This time, we did it with a little more desperation than usual. No, your enemy, am I right? After our tiny, unarmed shuttle landed in the enormous Wenham El Nahav mothership, we were roughly grabbed and shoved to the grand greeting room of their warlord. The man bared his fangsra, shutting out his lower jaw. I suddenly knew how prey felt when they smiled at them. Weak, not strong humans, rumbled the warlord, will be received with peace, not danger, but for little, not long. Why would we treat you with mercy, not war? The Wenham Aranahav spoke in the language of opposites. Almost every adjective and the occasional noun was accompanied by the negation of its antonym. Hence the slashes. It was weird, but whatever. Chinese was harder to learn. As simply the dialogue of little of all convenience. Not too much, because, frick you, suffer along with me. I stuck out my own lower jaw, feeling stupid and uncomfortable, and tilted my head to expose my neck. Slowly, I sank to my knees, and the members of the delegation did the same. Oh, merciful, not cruel warlord, I simpered back, taking care to growl the words. Your honor, not shame, displays the intellect, not stupidity. Hence, we come to you, crouch down like the weak, not strong creatures that we are. Will you deign to share drink and bread, so that we may discuss the terms, not demands, of our joining, not war? I'd used the ritual opening of the weaker tribes used when joining a stronger one. It was a gamble since I'd stolen it from one of the winner, Er Nahab's TV shows. The warlord stared at us for a moment, then he began stamping his feet against the chair, hooting with one I hoped was glee, or at least amusement. These weak, not strong humans know where they stand. Welcome, no threat, and eat, so that we may discuss the joining, not war. The next night I called the president from the Wenham Aronohov's ship, trying to ignore my fierce hangover. Hello, I mumbled in the long-distance comms. Madam President, we've come to an agreement with the Wenham Aronohov. The president's normally frosty tone was taut with apprehension. Well... What are the terms? We aren't going to war, are we? No, thankfully. They've agreed to accept a peaceful, non-violent surrender. What do they want? Disarmament, said a different, raspy voice. Ah, so was a conference call. Lovely. With the pounding of my head, I'd have difficulty distinguishing the voices. I shook my head, forgetting that they couldn't see me. Um, no, I replied belatedly. We can keep our weapons. New leadership, the president, or was that the general, didn't sound happy, which made sense considering that she'd be the one to lose out. Don't worry, Madam President, you can keep your job, the rest of you can too. My boss spoke up now, his high-pitched voice cut through my fog of my head. We aren't slaves, are we? Don't tell me we're going to be slaves of the guardie. I couldn't help but smug smile. Nope, we retain our planet and our freedom. Then what are the terms? snapped the president. Well, I may have pushed it a little too far. 
I decided to take pity and tell them everything. I'd be too tense too if I didn't know the fate of my species. We're vassals. We'll pay a tribute to the Wenham El Nahav every year for a decade, and then we'll raise to full clad status, which means equal rights for us and multiple eyes in the Wenham El Nahav. A short silence. That's it. What's the catch? What do they want for tribute? The general seemed a bit skeptical. Well, really skeptical. I didn't really blame him. If I hadn't lived it myself, I wouldn't have believed it. A bit of money and natural resources, I yawned, still exhausted from last night. If there was one thing that the Wynnum Ernahav did better than warmongering, it was partying. The deal they gave us is a standard for the Wynnum Ernahav vassal, uh, clans. They normally ask for soldiers too, but they want something different from us. I paused for dramatic effect, which was ruined by the second yawn. The people on the other end weren't as amused, but I'd save the humanity, Subi. What is it? said my boss, resigned in my attitude. They want us to be the ambassadors and negotiate with other governments and species for surrender. Apparently, most species are too intimidated to properly talk with the Wenham or Nahav, and we seem to have a knack for it. They were really impressed by us, hell. They were really impressed by Ambassador Roz. Despite the whole screaming thing, he's on the ship, you know. Another silence, a man was I on a roll. You're telling me they gave us all the phenomenal deal because they were impressed by how we surrendered. The president said slowly. Of course. Why wouldn't they? I smiled. We asked nicely. End of story.